Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, overprohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey everybody, what's going on? Rob Cestrino back with our Amazing Race recap here for episode number 9 of season 34 of The Amazing Race as we kicked off, yes, another mega leg here on The Amazing Race. And now let's bring in our Amazing Race panel. Back with us is our chief Amazing Race correspondent, paddleboarded in. Here is Jessica Lee. Jess, how are you? Doing great, Rob. You know, Megaleg in Malaga, that has some real like cellar door kind of poetic mm-hmm. energy. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Megaleg, Malaga, Uma, mm-hmm. Oprah. It's all it's all coming together. All right. It's all coming together. <laughs> and back with us, of course, a man who uh, is wearing a beret. Here is uh, Mike Bloom. Mike, how are you? You can take the racers out of France, but not France out of the podcaster. Yes. Well, I am. I'm living art today. Mm -hmm. uh, I should say I have uh, branded myself with a Picasso original. As you can see, there's the man playing the saxophone. So, you know, it's authentic. Took me a while to slide the pedals in. If I'm being completely honest, I did say I'm good at puzzles, but uh, it's too hot. It's just too hot. I'll bite. Well, what's the artwork, Mike? What, What do you mean? Picasso original. Mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm gonna be impressed if Asher did that, but otherwise, did you take I that off know. the refrigerator? No, I mean this is something that I I asked you know a dear art curator friend of myself to be able to give me. All right, what's one of Picasso's like more underrated? You know, <laughs> much like Jess and I get asked, like, what are some seasons of the Amazing Race to watch? Sometimes yeah. I ask art curators, 
what's like one piece that people don't really talk about a lot? And this is something that really got pulled literally from the canvas, placed upon yep. another different type of canvas in the form of my supple body. Yes. Uh, and, and here we are to get into Malaga. We're ready to give away some fishies. Perhaps 18 of them. <laughs> yes, I, I noticed the scotch tape uh, right, right uh, next to you. Well, uh, listen, Picasso often did drink a lot of scotch in anticipation <laughs> of the creations he was making. So I felt it only appropriate. I tried to engage in as much verisimilitude in this podcast as possible. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. So we have our first part of a mega leg. No exit interview today as uh, the final five will continue to compete. What do we think of the mega leg? Part two, part one. Oh boy, I love these naming conventions. Yeah, the, this was fun. Uh, I think for some reason, like, I don't know if it's the survivor bias in me. I always love when Amazing Race goes to the beach when mm -hmm. they when they vamos a la playa. I mean, it looks beautiful. Yeah, I mean, listen, yeah, Malaga definitely like uh, give me those Expedia points, get me there because it seems like absolutely gorgeous, especially the time of year that they went. But I feel like we get so many great tasks for whatever reason that happened on the beach going all the way back to amazing race uh 22 of course with the infamous like sandcastle roadblock similarly in amazing race 25 with digging up the treasure chest i'm thinking back just all the way to amazing race 4 the finale when they're in hawaii and uh john and kelly john of john and kelly gets naked during the roadblock to like smash a giant clam or something like that for whatever reason when they go to the shore it's a time for them to be able to like get creative or at least get like visually inventive. I would say ironically enough with an artistic roadblock. So I thought the tasks this week were actually very, I thought the teams had some really fun moments this week as well. Having a mega leg, I think at the final, what was it? 10 and then final five, I think makes a lot of sense. And ironically enough, uh, the final five mega leg has uh, things much closer together. Considering that last time we ended a mega leg, it was Glendon Lumumba trying to put, put together a gold Ducati for, uh, you know, time in endlessly. Here, at least, we have two teams side by side competing against each other in a detour, avoiding last place. And I do think from just a, a task based perspective, there's really a chance next week that like anybody could go home. It doesn't seem like we have a Richard Rich and Dom or Glendon Lumumba or Linton and Sharik situation. We're just like, one team is so far behind that it seems like a foregone conclusion next week. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, the teams are pretty bunched up that really anything could happen. They, they left together. You know, uh, we got a lot with like Marcus and Michael having trouble with the painting. But uh, Jess, I mean, who's to say like how long that they were really like uh, held up? I mean, all we have to go on is what we saw on the show in real time. That could have been the entirety of the struggle they had. Mm -hmm. We don't really know. Yeah. Okay, well, let's talk through what we saw here in uh, this episode. It was a night when a lot of amazing racers had to face their fears in one way or another, whether it be a bicycle or a fish. And this this new version of Fear Factor is a little odd in comparison to what came before it. Yeah, um, the amazing racers have had a lot to overcome, Mike, and uh, we really tested them this week. Very exciting. Yeah. I mean, listen, uh, I will admit I am someone who has not ridden a bike in quite some oh. time. It's not out of fear. Are you worried you maybe, forgot how to do it? I, 
Uh, that is the case, though. Like, mm-hmm. I know uh, maybe Dr. Amanda can uh, either corroborate or dispute this evidence. I know they say you never forget how to ride a bike. It, uh, you have to shake the rust off a bit, particularly mm-hmm. when it comes to stopping. However, <laughs> I will say maybe I've, I've garnered a fear of bikes after this week, given Michael's incredibly harrowing story as to what happens when you do get out of bike. Yeah. And Derek X was the one uh, who was talking about how he was having so many issues uh, with the bike. Uh, but yeah, Michael, uh, that he was able to that, you know, you don't count out your boy. He loves bicycles. I, I personally think we need more different kinds of transportation. Like mm. back in the day, Back in the day when the, the Amazing Race fan community was kind of centered around television without pity, they had an entire thread that was just devoted to the different transportations you saw. And I think, wasn't there also that Boston Rob show where he was supposed to use all the different types of transportation to get around? Hey, Jess, smarten up. It's called Around the World in 80 Ways. And it was Thank beloved. It was a cult <laughs> classic. I don't, I, it was back before, back before streaming was a thing, but it was on streaming. It's available on Tubi. <laughs> is it really? I have no idea. And they've <laughs> got in everything. It. Tubi has everything. Yeah, Check little... me out on it. I tube. don't even like that little Tubi hat. All <laughs> <laughs> um, oh. about the, the, the Pluto Astros. <laughs> but like, how much fun is it when you get people having to get themselves around, not in a car, but using any other kind of getting around thing? Mm-hmm. Like you put them in the motorcycle taxis back in the day or you know have them give them vespas that's fun have we ever given them vespas oh like like the white lotus i was gonna say Mm, considering what happens to uh tanya and greg i don't know if the liability is able to happen or just the danger of forget fears of riding bikes fears of choking on flies yeah yeah Mm-hmm. That yeah, that is a danger. But you can do that on a regular bike too. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, true. but I totally agree. I I loved it not just because of like the random happenstance of like the the traumatic experiences two fifths of the teams have experienced with bikes, but I think it also changes things up as well. Uh, you know, it's it's almost like going on foot, but like a step above it, right? And yeah. that like there is self navigation that happens as well, as we saw with Emily and Molly, who somehow missed the fact that oh no where is el cubo surely it is not the giant rubik's cube to our right i think we need to keep going Mm -hmm. yeah i thought that um bicycle riding was definitely a fun part of the episode you know i I like the puzzle also but i do think that i agree with lewis uh where we spent uh the second half of the episode uh working on the fish fry uh and lewis said they weren't cheering for the people cooking there's nothing to cheer about there that's boring Yeah. Is it? Do you think this is the rule? You know, some teams take the rules, right? We talked about this with Penn and Kim of like, tank the strength-based detour because you usually get through that quicker uh, if you just have like basic physical skills. Do you think Lewis and Michelle, a la Mike White, former two-time Amazing Racer, look at the task and go, is it fun? Should we go with the more fun task? Is it fun for the viewer? I think is uh, the real question. Uh, just, did you have any issue with the fish fry as far as uh, exciting scintillating television i mean it looked like by far the easier task and mm-hmm. that's not to say that stand-up paddleboarding is stand-up paddleboarding is not as hard as it looks i think with the water as choppy as it was it could have been a challenge but still it was like there was not a lot to this fish task mm-hmm. there was how do you put the fish on the skewer how long do you cook it do you salt it and 
once you watched the demo like once you got those things and you could do those things and everybody got very i think where where it was interesting was in how bogged down in details people got mm. like they were like okay which way were the eyes facing the first time you put it on the grill and i thought i thought that was fun because i think the potential to get in your head is is there but i think maybe i i feel like that paddleboarding task was I think they're expecting more people to do that. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, I mean, when you when you hire out two bikini babes and skinny Santa Claus right. in a captain's outfit, <laughs> Mike, what was the like storyline that was going on on the boat? Yeah, so let's talk. Let's break this down, right? Because the goal mm -hmm. was like help. Uh, you know, uh, Ayutame. Like we are looking. We need supplies. Please paddle them out to us. We need one cooler of ice. And eight life jackets. Now, mm -hmm. I did not look exactly into the depths of that schooner. I did not see anyone else besides those yeah, three. Yeah, people. Mike, they fell off the boat. That's why we need the life jackets. Oh boy. Well, if that's the case, then like talk about a high stakes detour, right? Mm -hmm. People's lives are literally on the line. You gotta get them those life jackets ASAP. Maybe they were gonna wear two life jackets each. She's like, as we saw in the mold this season, Rob, you can wear a life jacket on your lower half as well as your upper yes, half. Yes, that is true. Now, so they have to bring out the ice. Uh, I'm assuming that uh, these young women are having some sort of a party or a special occasion with their grandfather. <laughs> I don't know, Rob. You you are you're an expert in cruise life as of late, mm -hmm. right? With the real love boat. Could this just Get be cruising. Malaga's version of that? Yeah, yeah. Could that be Malaga's version of this? Hmm, maybe. So you think this is the real love boat? And so maybe that that guy is the host of Spain's real love boat and that they were going about to go and pick up. Maybe this was the boat that takes others. Spain's love real love boat is happening out at sea. This guy mm. is so going to ferry these new they're bringing the new women in. They're going to be the two new women to tempt the existing couples mm. on Spain's yeah. real on love boat. El Barco de Amor. Yes. Yes, exactly. And so they have and to get Charo the extra life is there too. Yeah. And so they have to get the extra love boat, uh, love life jacket because as we know, right, isn't the phrase like you're cast off and so they literally cast off eight people at the elimination. I believe uh, it's shove off, Mike. You're okay, well, they're going to showing your ass right now of being a real love boat casual well listen if i had a nickel uh mm -hmm. if, I had a, if i had a peso uh yeah so mm -hmm. it, essentially like uh maybe then because eight people are going to be eliminated they need those life jackets for the inevitable shoving and they need to get that asap because they're on a, a hot timetable mm -hmm. yeah okay well that actually I mean, makes some sense filming schedules are tight like mm -hmm. yeah, yeah exactly now the ice i'm intrigued by yes is there any sort of basic use for this in our example? Is there any sort of now listen, far be it from me to continue to moon the audience with my love boat mm -hmm. casual knowledge. Is there uh is there ice rob that can be used in one of these kooky challenges they apparently do? Oh, uh I'm sure that they could do some sort of a challenge uh with with ice. They, they come up with all sorts of interesting challenges on the real love boat. Actually, on the most recent edition of the real love boat, uh, that we were talking about how that the real love boat attempted to be uh, the amazing race where the challenge that they made the couples do was that they went to uh, the market at the Grand Bazaar in Istanbul and the teams had to go proceed to go through the market and find three different things among the 4,000 shops in 
the grand market and bring them back to Jerry uh, and Rebecca uh, Romaine. Wow. Mm-hmm. At one point, they even had to drink coffee that had a lot of salt in it. What? Uh-oh. Why? They, well, I think they watched the demonstration and thought that they should salt the coffee. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, look, I don't want to spoil a whole other podcast. All right. That's that, that's <laughs> what happened on The Real Love Boat uh, this week. So, yeah, maybe this is uh, on the uh, Barca del Amor. Yeah, I, I feel like that's something I would watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So that's what's going on over on uh, the boat. I, I guess uh, let's talk through. Then we had our two groups. They left. Uh, Derek and Claire and Lewis and Michelle. Uh, they headed out to end up working on this roadblock. Put the Picasso painting together. I thought this was actually a very hard challenge for the teams to do. Well, here's something that. Okay, I'm going to demonstrate. I know I get a lot of flack for not being a Big Brother watcher. Yes. I'm going to demonstrate I did watch some Big Brother. Yes. Ooh. This is a challenge they have on Big Brother all the time, is it not? Yeah. Like, I, I don't know if they have it every season, but I do feel like that they have Derek done. Derek and Claire had this did, challenge. Yeah. Did they? I'm trying to remember what it was. It, it seemed very familiar. Yeah. they. I mean, in those cases, it's always like Big Brother cast Oh, yes. You, you know, you're right. Content. You're right, yeah. Just. That it was... Actually, night one of Big Brother 23, and there were four HOHs, and this was like the puzzle that they had to put together. So, yeah, for Claire, like she did have uh, experience with this. The pieces were not as big and as heavy, but they were basically going to that's how they Mike, uh, they came up with the four captains for the four oh, teams right. of four. And Claire, Claire won. Claire won that one. Claire won that one. You, yeah, Jess. She, was, she was the uh, the team leader of the Queens, if I recall mm-hmm. correctly. So, yeah, I think it makes sense that she ended up taking this. I agree, though. I think even with previous reality TV experience, this did seem very hard. Maybe it's just because I'm not as visually gifted as others, but like this was a perspective puzzle, essentially. Was it not? You just look at the the, the demonstration and you're like, what goes in front of what and not only that there are things like the background which has minuscule differences in it in terms of orientation that ends up screwing over someone like marcus who doesn't even notice that oh okay i had it flipped upside down uh it seemed in an era of amazing race where i would say that the tasks are not necessarily as incredibly difficult as previous look at that fish task as an example right where some teams admit like yeah i probably overthought it 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 was probably you know the guy uh has not exactly the most um elite taste buds for sardines it seems we'll just gobble it down no matter which way you cook it this did seem something like something that was very difficult to do at least like if you're not able to really see it for what it was and truly pay attention to like not only the most minuscule details, but how everything falls in relation to each other. Jess, and not only was it an interesting, difficult task, but I also thought that the judge was perhaps maybe the best judge we've had so far on season 34 of The Amazing Race. I know last week we were very excited with the woman who was going to be uh, judging. I forget what they were doing, uh, but we were very excited about the judge. Yeah. And then she was like a real pushover softy and let everybody. But this guy was great. He didn't even say anything. He gave you the thumb. You didn't know it was going to be up or down and then just gave you a thumbs down and like yeah. figure okay, it out. Caesar. Yeah. I was going to say, where's Joaquin Phoenix when you need him? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I, I love this here's guy. The thing. Yeah, this guy was fine. Um, 
I, I still I still kind of carry torch for the anatomy task guy. Yeah, but he was good. He was good. I thought what was interesting is the fact that you had a helper on your roadblock. Mm-hmm. There was like a the guy in coveralls would like help you move the the plates around. And this this suggested to me, I wonder if this would have played better as a just a straight up root marker task that everybody had to do and you had to do it collaboratively. Yeah, that's interesting. Because yeah, you don't normally like the pieces were so heavy and you have to have a help some help to do it. But I mean, if you had a team that maybe was not as physically strong, would they have been at a bigger disadvantage? Uh, yeah, but then you could also say that like brain sometimes balances out brawn. If people are able to just lug around these pieces all day, that's all well and good. But are they in the correct order? It is interesting. I do feel like maybe another type of addition of the Amazing Race, maybe an Amazing Race Canada would have this as a root marker. But I, I enjoy it as a roadblock as well. I think one of the fun things about roadblock, right, is that the onus is on one individual person. And as much as I don't want to see people go to pieces necessarily on television, it is interesting to see people sort of take the blame on behalf of their team. Uh, and then sometimes in the case of Marcus and Michael, have their teammate essentially razz them from the sidelines for taking on this task and failing thusly. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's got to be no feeling worse than being the person who's not doing the roadblock and watching your partner just like drop out of the race entirely because they're not good at the roadblock. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, Michael and Marcus have both had uh, this same feeling with uh, the other one doing a roadblock where uh, and then, you know, they're always like, oh, well, he's really blowing it. You know, uh, they're not like super supportive of uh, the other person that's struggling, even though though each of them have had their own struggles doing a roadblock. Yeah, sy- sympathy is not their superpower, <laughs> no. I think, between, between teammates. <laughs> no, uh, I mean, like you saw like with Emily and Molly, where, you know, Emily is doing the thing and Molly's like, oh, I feel so bad for her. because. Uh, but they both Marcus and Michael are always like, yeah, uh, he said he knew what he was doing. Uh, like he's really yeah, blowing but- it. But I feel like that speaks so much about each of their relationships, right? That Emily and Molly were basically perfect strangers before uh, this ah. season. And so they were like, uh, oh, God, yes, I feel so bad for you. Everything that you've gone through. Marks and Michael, you could get a very clear glimpse of their relationship. IMO based on like the way that they interact with each other. We're like, they're so competitive with each other. They obviously have a lot of love, but it's not the most explicit love of like, my brother is doing this. Oh, brother. my God. Exactly. Like, uh, yeah, definitely not on the Welchel level, I'll say, though anything rarely is. Uh, I think instead they're looking for justice in a different way when it comes to having their partner get the roadblock done. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, well, we saw that uh, Derek and Claire, they were the first ones to end up getting through this and get to the bicycle. And we heard a lot about uh, Derek X's issues with the bicycles. Uh, Jess. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, is that like, uh, yeah, are you a uh, bike mloom? Yeah, that'll be, you found my pseudonym. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Jess, which do you think is more traumatic for Derek X, getting onto a bicycle or rolling his R's? I think. Rolling his R's, mm-hmm. I feel like it was a little bit more embarrassing for him. Mm-hmm. He did okay on the bike. He wasn't terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I want to add, I think Derek and Claire, I, I just want to add how much I'm enjoying having them on the show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like there is a potential sometimes on Amazing Race when you ca- when you stunt cast a team and you bring them over from another franchise, I think there is potential for them to kind of act like they are they're on a different yes. plane from everybody else. And I don't no, get they don't that do that anymore. Jess. It's one charter flight. Yeah, so yeah. They're all on the same plane. Yeah. <laughs> yes. They're all on the same. They're on the same plane. Yeah. But they, you know, they act like we're the TV stars and you are the regular people. And Derek and Claire are regular people. They are hanging out with everybody and making best friends. <laughs> and I think that is, that is a refreshing change. Yeah. That is such a really good point because, you know, the history of these um, big brother teams uh, sometimes uh, can come in or sometimes the survivor teams, too. Uh, and, and they come in and they really, you know, uh, treat the other people like they're different. Like, hey, we are the stars of the show. And for Derek X and Claire, they've really been like the complete opposite of that. They, they're the most social team on the race. Because I think you look at the two of them, right? Like, here's Claire, self-proclaimed nerd, uber fan of reality television. Derek X, this man needs, like, a biopic about him, right? This guy that was, like, just watching Survivor one day, applied out of the blue, and now has wound up on three CBS reality shows and in a relationship Mm -hmm. as a result. Like, these two people just seem incredibly down-to-earth. Uh, that they, you're like, oh, I'm surprised that they end up getting cast on reality TV in general just because of, of that sort of perspective. But I, I couldn't agree more. I love their sense of humor, I think, especially, I mean, I love Claire's dryness. Uh, she had some really fantastic lines talking about like how her specialty is salt and obviously having to deal with the fish of it all, which we'll get to. But like, I very much see myself in Derek X, not only due to my trepidatiousness with bikes as well, mm-hmm. uh, despite how close my name is to it, as Rob pointed out, but also like Derek is someone who, in the face of very stressful situations, will almost like turn up the goofiness. Uh, you see him, right, like during the sidelines of the roadblock, really uh, giving it to David, really mm-hmm. pranking him, pastoring him uh, with the, the whole Van Gogh Picasso thing. And then like at the roadblock, when they're hurrying each other along and freaking out, he does freaking Salt Bay in the mm-hmm. middle of Malaga Beach. Never in my life 
would I think we get a Salt Bay reference genuinely <laughs> on reality television? Love you, Salt Bay. Yeah. yeah, but Derek X makes the impossible possible. But yeah, I couldn't agree more. I just, I love their personalities. There is another team that is uh, very quickly rising in the ranks, though, to perhaps match them in terms of personality. But they have just been such a fantastic source of entertainment and not just like as personalities independently, but I think really with each other mm-hmm. as well. It's It's been very fun too. For a couple that has been, unless you're on social media, I think like very private, again, because they didn't get together on the show. I imagine a lot of fans were like, I don't know how they interact with each other. We get a sense as to how they get along in this race. And it's been a very fun experience. Yeah. Before we get much further, I just want to add that if there's not, by the end of the day, if there's not a novelty Twitter account called a bike Mloom type, I'm going to be really disappointed. <laughs> it's just a bike. <laughs> yeah, the, the profile picture is a bike. Mm-hmm. What is the tweet about? Uh, I don't know. Bicycle Honestly. news? Yeah. I think he, I think he just tweets ding ding every like six hours. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. That's, yeah. That's, he's, that's good. That's on brand. He's coming, he's coming after your bell, Rob. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you ever want to make RHAP mobile, essentially, if you ever want to get away from uh, coming to you live from your house, now you have a, your own bell. <laughs> yeah. Um, Derek X was very funny on the bike that the whole time uh, where they were going, oh, 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 slow down. Oh, oh, you get, oh, you get too close. Like, what, what is wrong with you? Why are you being like this? I mean, like he went through a green eggs and ham esque list of mm-hmm. <laughs> modes of transport that he's crashed, right? Mm-hmm. He's crashed a moped. He's crashed a skateboard. Yeah. He's had he's a hard time. A bike. Exactly. Th- this so, goes back to my theory that we need every mode of transportation on the mm-hmm. race so we can watch Derek crash all of them. Yeah. Well, every single one is going to be like, oh, oh, snowmobile. Ah, ah, <laughs> ah. Yeah. Um, At this point, I'm surprised they're not like, okay, make your way to the pit stop. He's like, oh, God. Oh, oh, boy. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I did love it. Uh, They pulled up uh, and he got off the bike and he said, wow, I hated that. (laughs) (laughs) And then it was Claire's turn to hate that, right? She's like, oh, yeah, don't worry. You're such a baby. What fish? Oh, Mm -hmm. God. Here Mm -hmm. we go. Yeah. I mean, but I mean, compared to uh, Aubrey, uh, then, you know, Claire was like nothing with the fish. (laughs) Please tell me. We'll get to it later. Please tell me you pulled some Aubrey clips. She was in fantastic. I I did. (laughs) I I did pull one, but it is not about the fish. (laughs) Okay. Uh, So. All right. So they get to fish fry or stand up supply. Just what do you make of Phil's claim? That the most popular delicacy here in Malaga is these sardines that are cooked in a boat on the beach uh, for people. How popular could that be? I mean, that that could be a thing. I mean, it checks out that you are near the water and fish are a thing. Mm-hmm. Um I, I mean, Phil's facts have gotten like more and more dubious <laughs> as time goes by. And a lot of amazing race tasks are are kind of centered around the fact that we found this one guy who does this cool thing. So we're going to pretend this is like a thing yeah. across the board. Mm-hmm. But I could buy that you can buy grilled fish on the beach anywhere in Malaga. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But are they all cooked in a boat like Phil said they were? Well, it looks like an easy way to improvise a grill. Mm. Oh, yeah, no. I mean... It's at a, a good height. I would say you just fill it up apparently with copious amounts of sand and you'll be able to just uh, create your own wood fire grill right there on this big boat. Let's see. Okay. Um, what to eat in Malaga? 
Okay, uh, this Ooh, is a okay. list. Okay, all right. Well, I so, haven't had breakfast. I'm hungry. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. So uh, they say foods to try in Malaga. Uh, gas, uh, gazpachiello. Okay. Um, all right. All right. Yeah, I don't think oh, you want to make you know what? soup on the beach. Like now, I show, showed my whole butt. Uh, I see a picture of fish in the boat. <laughs> so it's there. A thing. You go. It's a it's thing a established. Thing. Capital T thing. Yeah. Confirmed oh. by a listicle. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh. Wow. I hated Listic- that. Yeah. <laughs> listicle one. Rob zero. <laughs> they got me. Is that how yeah, they come got, up with the it, tasks, Jess? The, li- the list was Derek X, and you were David. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. All I right. mean, I have often said that they do plan amazing race legs around Googling the name of a city and just doing the first five things that come up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they got me. They got you. Okay. All right. So do a fish fry or stand up supply. Jess, we got to see Phil uh, give us a paddle boarding uh, uh, setup. Yeah, he he never demos the tasks. I was proud. I mean, he was got in the rugby uniform last week, and then he was out on the paddleboard this week. Getting into I, character. I mean, he's come for John Montgomery's thought. Yeah. Do you do you think that it's less about to Jess's point, googling what to do in Malaga, and more so, Phil? What do you want to do? And he's like, "Well, paddleboarding sounds fun." They're like, "Great, we're gonna come up with." Uh, find some guys off the street, throw them in bikinis and mm-hmm. captain's outfits and put them on a boat in the middle of the ocean. Phil wants to paddleboard. We're going paddleboarding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, there's worst ways to plan an amazing race. Yeah. Is- there's not very many tasks that they've done this, this season that I, that don't seem like they would be the opposite of fun. You know, mm-hmm. like given the right context, I think almost all this stuff could be really fun. I mean, listen, how many construction tasks have we had this oh. season? Off his nails. Yes. Mm-hmm. Very much something that Phil's interested in. Did you see the news this week, Mike? That yeah. Tough as Nails the- is uh gonna be coming back in 2023. So Tough as Nails took uh a Yadis in 2022. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the last time we saw it, right, was that it was paired much like Amazing Race was with Survivor 41, I think mm-hmm. was when it aired at the fall of 2021. So mm-hmm. it's been a hot second. I know it's been in the can for some time, but yeah, I think January 4th. 2023, I think it's taking the place of what Amazing Race used to be for a little while, which was kind of the fill-in, for lack of a better term, show <laughs> before Survivor begins anew. Yeah. And, Jess, are there not one, but two Tough as Nail seasons that have been shot? That's what I'm hearing. Oh, my God. Okay. Like there, I guess it's another one of those Survivor yeah. back-to-back scenarios. So, if that's happening in the gap, does that mean we're going to cover it? Yeah, I, well, I think that that's a... Um, probably a big a bigger conversation but i i am leaning towards uh do i i have i have some thoughts on it so like that uh mm, let's like uh yeah yeah uh we'll leave the the you know podcast palace intrigue uh to uh off the podcast but i yes, think yes we'll, we'll, we'll discuss it offline yeah. but well, well we gotta yes. see what phil's doing too yes like, well we obviously speaking, need the speaking of that yes. should we bring up another thing that phil has worked on and is working on that has gone uh over our heads a bit but i would say is rhap adjacent adjacent perhaps what is it well have you heard about i'm <laughs> yes. sure you have pickled the yes. cbs new celebrity pickleball tournament mm-hmm. yeah and one of the players is none other than the aforementioned phil kogan Playing, of course, doubles with his uh, BFF, naturally, Dirk Bentley. 
naturally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They run in the same circles. Yes. Uh, do we think that Phil is an accomplished pickleball player? I mean, it's it's a thing now. Like everybody's into it. Yeah. Like the Holderness family has lately, like all of their videos have just been about pickleball. Mm-hmm. I don't really understand it. Yeah. Now, what are we going to be watching on this pickleball show? Uh, if we uh, if we looked at it, like are is like Phil? Are we watching like a match of like Phil and uh, Dirk Bentley playing another team? Yeah, I think that's pretty much it. I think it's like when in the early aughts, right when we had this sort of deluge of celebrity based TV shows like the Celebrity Poker Showdown and those types of things. We're just watching them mm-hmm. play pickleball. We should also say uh, it is happening today. It's yeah. coming out on November 17th at 9 p.m. I don't know if it's happening for multiple weeks. Mm-hmm. Or I think not. it's just I, a one a one off. I don't know how they they have like eight teams. How are they going to cram all that into an however long mini special? I think it's just a special. Uh, I don't believe it's a new series, uh, but it's I'm... Battle of the Network Stars, basically. Mm hmm. Yeah, it is a one off. OK, yes, uh, that Stephen Colbert as a, a celebrity pickleball special. OK, yeah. And uh, the, the team name for Dirks and Phil Kogan is when Harry Net Rally, which I love as a pun, but does not pertain to their team whatsoever. Mm-hmm. There's no Harry between the two of them. Yeah. Mike, are you going to be tuning in to see Daniel Day Kim? Yes, because he's going to be with Luis Guzman, and they have one of my favorite team names. It's a team Daniel Day Luis. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so that's what's coming up. And listen, we we know what Daniel Day Kim is like. If if Luis goes down, Daniel Day Kim's going down together. Uh, DDK would not be found on that ship out in the middle of the ocean. He has too many bad run-ins with those. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and from the White Lotus, uh, Murray Bartlett. Uh, I thought it was F. Murray Abraham for a second. I was like, oh my god. But no, I don't know if he's spry enough to play pickleball. <laughs> yeah, he could do it. OK, yeah. So. Um, all right. Interesting. That's uh, the CBS. St- what does Stephen Colbert have to do with pickleball? He likes it. No, nothing. He's just a CBS uh, host, as it were. Yeah. Another fun thing. Mm-hmm. June Diane Raphael and Paul Shear, uh, of course, the host of How Did This Get Made? I have a random story about this because yeah. Angela listens to a podcast that June Diane Raphael does and randomly submitted herself for a contest where I guess she had gotten interviewed by a pickleball magazine uh, and ended up earning a signed copy of said pickleball magazine. So for some reason, I have a signed copy of a pickleball magazine in my house signed by one of the celebrities that is about to be playing on Pickled. So it seems like she has some experience. Maybe okay. she'll be able to beat the pants off of Phil and Dirks. I have so many questions. Yeah. But magazines are still a thing. Mm-hmm. Apparently, uh, they are with the pickleball people. They have brought back hard. <laughs> they brought journalism. back magazines. <laughs> yeah, for just for pickleball. Print okay. is not dead. Yes. Okay. Well, we are rooting for Phil to go ahead and win on the pickleball tournament. And um, luckily, this is hosted by uh, Stephen Colbert and not James Corden, who made, made oh yeah, some well, for, for harsh words for many reasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, now we know what happens when James Corden was perhaps asked to get off the skidoo in honor of Phil Kogan. And then maybe there's a reason why Phil wasn't allowed on. Mm-hmm. Shoved yeah. him right off of Paramount. Yeah. Um, here's a, a live look in on uh, James Corden. He's just been brought his breakfast. Wow. I hated that. Oh, come on. <laughs> There's an so egg rude. right in my egg yolk. Mm-hmm. These sardines are awful. <laughs> Where's the salt? Why did, you, why did you salt my sardines? 
that's it. We're leaving. Okay. Did you uh, even make this on a beached boat? <laughs> Where's the boat? We haven't talked at all about Emily and Molly, and I am still worried about them. This came up multiple times in the episode, really, before they even started racing, that there was talk about how, boy, this leg is going to be tough for Emily and Molly with all the steps. Jess, what is our level of concern for Emily and Molly? Yeah, this leg is going to be tough because of this leg. Mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> um, well, she's getting around. Like, she can ride a bike. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's probably, like, she's probably got to counter out of the physical tasks, but I think if they get the right combination of tasks, they could still make it to the finals. I'm just, I'm worried. Yeah, just, I, I No, I don't think, again, we talked about this last week. I think the, the big if is, if the injury requires like immediate surgery, then they'll pull them. Otherwise, Amazing Race will say like, you could be uh, uh, like a finger and a mouth crawling along the ground. Oh my and God, that's as a long as visual. you make it to the finish. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know why I'm thinking of that. Yeah, rub like, some dirt mm -hmm. on it. You'll be fine. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Like, like how many times have we talked about racers going through injuries about James and Abba, right? Like walking <laughs> on two broken legs and only getting eliminated because their stuff got stolen out of the back of their cab. Amazing race says push through the pain, essentially. And I think that's going to be the case with Emily and Molly, especially since they are so close to the end. And especially, especially because we already had the unprecedented circumstances, Will and Abby with the COVID, right? They're not going to do like, all these sorts of removals. The Amazing Race really doesn't want to do that to fuck with their scheduling. I think the only way it's going to perhaps lead to uh, some misery on their behalf is if they have to get in a foot race mm -hmm. for the pit stop, which look, yeah. even, if they, even if they were on four good legs, if it was between them and Marcus and Michael, I would kind of give it to Marcus and Michael any day of the week. Yeah, I don't think that Emily and Molly are going to be medically evacuated from the Amazing Race, but I'm just very concerned that Emily's leg is becoming more of a factor here and will lead to potentially maybe them coming in last place here, even as soon as uh, the back half of the mega leg. I mean, they keep bringing it up, so mm -hmm. it has to pay off at some point. This is Chekhov's leg at this point. Yeah, unless it's something that they win the race and then it's something that they overcame. I mean, we can get into it, uh, but I think they do have a very strong winner's edit. Oh, okay. Okay, interesting. I mean, you can't just like put that out there and then well, not. I don't know if we're at the part of the podcast where we start talking about what we think is going to happen. Mm, okay. But All right, so think... you want to table it? Let's 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 put a pin in it. We'll come back to it. Okay. All right. Put it off on uh, in in the boat with the roasted sardines, and we'll come back to it. Okay. Yeah, but I I, I think that obviously the the reason why I think it kept coming up in the past is because it has really led to choices that they are kind of having to lament now. Of Molly had to take all of these roadblocks that were a bit more physically demanding because of Emily's situation and the rule on the amazing race nowadays uh, and has been for quite some time is the maximum six roadblock rule. Though I think that got broken uh, maybe with the aforementioned Dave and Connor of, uh, I, but I think they put in stipulations as to a fair balance of roadblocks. And so the storyline now is that Emily is going to have to do some roadblocks, but we saw in this case that like, it wasn't terrible for her. Like, Yes, it probably was agonizing, but she was able to use her brain to blow past someone like Marcus, even though they were struggling on it. More so, I think their issue is something they brought up in this episode, which is when we get into cities, 
for whatever reason, we get ass backwards turned around and have a, a tough time navigating. I don't know if we're going to continue to stay in a city uh, moving forward. I'm assuming not, given the fact that they took off in convertibles for wherever mm -hmm. they're going next. But considering how the final leg in these amazing race seasons is usually go into a city and spend a day there, I wonder if that is something that could bite them more than Emily's uh, issue. Interesting. I mean, if we're going by the pattern that we've gone by before, we're going to have something a little more rural next time. So it might be you park your car and you stay there the whole time. Like you're out on a, in a vineyard somewhere. Or I, I don't know what exactly is close by there. It seemed like in the preview, were they like building something with bricks? Yeah, it looked like we were doing a little bit of, again, Phil, what do you want to do? I love masonry. Okay, so let's, <laughs> they're, I think they're doing that infamous, like, uh, build the physics, right? Allow uh, all the bricks to stay, like, uh, intact by pushing on one another, the entire keystone approach. And it looks like they're doing some sort of height space task, which I would imagine yeah, you can't really jumping. do in a city. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, unless it's between two. Well, I don't think it's bungee jumping. I think it's them walking a cable in between, like, two buildings. Like, yeah, like a tightrope situation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I would imagine that, yeah, we're probably going out. I think we're actually staying within Muck. I think we're going to uh, Ronda, which I believe is sort of like a smaller town in Malaga. So I'm assuming that we're doing another city mouse, country mouse thing. So maybe Emily and Molly are past the worst of it, as long as they get past the sardines. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's a big if, because we don't know how it's going to play out. That They're still trying to get the, the guy didn't even want to eat theirs, but more we'll get to there. It's a big week when RHAP is on the road in Chicago. Check out my live show from Chicago. That's going to be up on Thursday, Wednesday night. Shannon Gus is going to be live with you with Kelly Wentworth after Survivor. And we preview the Dondi finale with Deal or No Deal Island host Joe Manganiello all right here on RHAP. We know reality TV. Uh, we haven't talked really at all about David and Aubrey yet at this point. Uh, David and Aubrey, uh, I feel like that they got off to a hot start with uh, everything that was going on with their um, puzzle task. Uh, but then ultimately, they were still ended up having a struggle. Well, that sort of is like the thing of this episode, though, right? It's like as much praise as we lavish on to Derek and Claire. They were running around like fish with their heads cut off uh, between the bikes and at the detour. Like they were kind of having their own mini freakouts of like, OK, we got to do this. Oh, my God, what's going on here? To the point where Claire was like, let's take a break for five seconds. Stop doing Salt Bay and just take some breaths and then we'll move forward. And these are my favorite types of things on The Amazing Race. The couple that is so discombobulated, but somehow is still able to do well, perhaps in spite of it. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they were doing so well. They were like full Great British bake offing it and showing David and Aubrey how to do the task. Mm hmm. Yeah. Well, I, I guess uh, for Derek and for Claire, that, you know, Derek has been such a like a uh, helpful guy to people. Um, we saw him helping out David and Aubrey, who I think, is it rude to say maybe like the weakest performing team? on the race. Isn't that exactly who you want to be helping, Jess? Yeah. I mean, I think this is a good this is a good position to help somebody. You're both out in front. You're not in danger. So you might as well make sure they're not going to be there all day and be the easy team to get eliminated. I think it's a I think it's a good call to help them out. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that's that's the usual rule, right? Which they which Claire actually vocalized on the show that we talked about with like the mind five days of helping on the amazing race, I think is fine as long as it's not detrimental to yourself, right? Yeah. As long as you're not, hey, we're gonna hang behind and wait for these other people to finish so we can go. That's what you don't want to do. Here, Derek and Claire pretty much already finished. If they want to give some tips to perhaps a team that they may eyeball as someone they would want to ideally mm-hmm. race against in the final three, I think it makes a lot of sense because it's not like they then have to wait for Aubrey and David's fish to cook. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and they also seem to have the most time to kill as uh, the people who were going to be getting through there first. Um, David and Aubrey, uh, they're going to uh, head on over. Uh, we really haven't talked about Lewis and Michelle much either at this point. Uh, they're also Lewis is bringing so much uh, hype and excitement and energy to the race. Always. We appreciate I, him. I love him. Mm-hmm. I, I wish yeah. we'd seen them in the first half of the show. Totally agree. Yeah, they are so much fun. They have such good energy. Like, I would love to spend a night out in Miami with the two of them because they just seem like such a good time. It's interesting, though. Like, uh, I think based on their energy levels, if you look at the two of them and you're like, one of them is a dancer, I would honestly peg Lewis considering just like the excitability that he seems to have all the time. Now, maybe that's sort of the adrenaline that he brings into every fire that he fights. Yeah. Well, he was really on one. He was excited to be in Spain. Uh, he was really like working the crowd. So he's, I mean, great. He brings a lot of energy to some of these tasks. Yeah. And they, they did kind of, they did something that we've talked about a lot on, um, when it comes to detours where they looked at the one everybody was doing and they decided to do the other one Mm -hmm. in part because it looked more fun, but also that's a nice gamble that could get you ahead. If everybody else is doing one thing and you do the other thing, it's possible that that pushes you ahead. Yeah. Yeah. We saw that happen with Derek and Claire during the medieval mm-hmm. games. Uh, exactly. It's a, it's a, it's a good strategic thing to take on top of the fact that apparently, you know, you practice balancing bottles on your head. You practice self-navigation. Louis and Michelle, I don't know if they had a, they talked about their dreams, right? Prognosticating the future. Do you think they had a dream that they'd be paddleboarding on the amazing race? So they decided to practice that. I mean, they've done it on the race before. Mm-hmm. it's certainly maybe that's the season they give everybody in fact that is the same season where they had to have the bottles on their head so that's true yeah uh amazing race was amazing race 20 so like yeah the, uh, maybe that's, that's the, the one season that every, they give out like watch the big this. brother 16 of amazing race seasons mm-hmm. apparently yeah um uh, i and honestly like paddle boarding it hits a lot of skills that the race might call on like this is this is balance this is agility it itself is not Catch that hard. Ice. It's it's easy to pick it up quickly. It's a good, I think it's a good exercise in practicing picking something up quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason I know this is something that is not objectively a hard thing to do is because, you know, I work for a company that does, you know, small ship based expedition travel, and everybody goes out paddle boarding, and a large seg- segment of our target demographic is old people. They put old people on these paddle boards and they paddle board and they do fine. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it's a hard thing to do. I've not myself attempted it, but it's something where there's a learning curve. And when you figure it out, you can do it forever. Yeah. So if I think it's a good thing to practice. The later days folks can do it. Anybody yep. can do it. Yep. Yeah, exactly. 
How do you think Skinny Santa got out on that boat, Mike? Yeah, exactly. He mm. didn't take his sleigh. <laughs> no, he did not. I think he had the Bikini Girls paddleboard him out. Oh. <laughs> I, I, notable is the fact that they only had one paddleboard. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait. So if he's Skinny Santa, are they the elves? Mm. Well, there you go. Wow. I feel like that someone's dark, demented fantasy has been satisfied if mm. that was the case. Yeah, we don't need Yikes. to explore that. Yeah. No, thank you. Okay. All right. Um, yeah. Going back to Lewis and Michelle, um, that Lewis was getting the crowd and the paddleboard pumped up at the same time. Uh, he really like was like working the room with uh, you know putting the air into the paddleboard and had like a bunch of people cheering for him. I mean, it was quite a sight, right? These two Americans coming in and just like pumping up a paddleboard with a camera crew around them. You can't help but gawk. Mm-hmm. So I like the fact that he was able to uh, turn limons into limonada. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who among us hasn't seen like something being filmed and like stopped a rubberneck? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And cheer. Like, uh, wow, this guy, look at look at this guy. Look at him go. He's putting so much air in that paddleboard. Yeah. Incredible. But, but you know, things nearly capsize quite literally when they go out into the water. I am intrigued. There's a non-zero chance that like if the waves were rough enough that they'd have to cancel this, right? And then they would just, what, make the fish a root Jonathan would have to just pull them all uh, to the boat. (laughs) Mr. Phil, I'm on it. (laughs) 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 Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, they got through it. I thought they had to go to multiple boats. I think I misheard uh, Phil. I, I, you know, I guess in a perfect world, Jess, if it wasn't like that choppy at sea, like, I, I guess it would not be that hard to paddleboard out one time. Yeah, it shouldn't be that hard to paddleboard. I think if you don't know how to do it and you don't know how to balance that cooler, I think you could have the potential to knock over the cooler a bunch of times and have to keep going back. Mm-hmm. I think that's what they were hoping would happen. Yeah. All right. Um, should we talk through uh, some of the um, challenges that people were having with cooking the fish, Mike? Yes, absolutely. I love this. I love cooking tasks slash like assembly tasks and especially meltdowns during the test. Not to say like, listen, I'm a proponent of mental health. I don't want to necessarily watch people like have emotional breakdowns yeah. for our amusement. But when it's entertaining, it's really entertaining. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, do you want to hear uh, Aubrey's uh, traumatic story about her grandmother? Is that what you want to hear? Yes, please. Okay. Yes. All right. Let's hear about uh, how her her fish trauma. This is where my Filipino side comes in. I grew up in a Filipino household, and my grandma really loves sardines. Okay. This is disgusting. Here? Yeah. So I used to watch her, like, fry it, pull the head off, and eat the fish. I don't eat fish because of that. Ew, babe. All right. Let's go. To see that today, I was, like, flashing back old childhood memories, like... (laughs) PTSD. Oh my. Amazing Race was really throw around uh, the PTSD uh, quite a bit. Yeah, I was about yeah. to say that it's mm-hmm. fun to watch people have breakdowns as long as we're reasonably sure it's not permanently scarring mm-hmm. them. Yeah, I wonder how Michael and Marcus are feeling about the use of the term PTSD mm-hmm. by the other teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, for uh, Aubrey, you know, and David was like provoking her. David's like, oh, look at this fish. It's gross. I kind of love how David's a little troll. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I kind of love it. Because again, I don't think it's necessarily 
uh, speaks to like the the timbre of their relationship whatsoever. It seems they get along really well. But between like that and her riding the bike and be like, we're having a great time. He's like, okay, that's fine, but please ride your bike. Uh, mm-hmm. I kind of like David yeah. being a little bit, and then, it, like you said, him really pushing her this time around, being like, oh, hey, oh, is that fish alive? Oh, no, it's not. Don't worry mm-hmm. about it. Yeah. I think uh, this was also a clip of Aubrey uh, riding the bike. Let's beat some ass now. Let's go. Yeah. Ready. I had to listen I, to that clip a couple times. Like, the, what, yeah, what did she I, say? Yeah, I, I was gonna say yeah okay uh, i i love the fish though i know you didn't yeah i didn't i know you didn't pull it but i love that aubrey literally let out like a blood curdling scream upon touching the fish it's one thing to feel fucky about touching the fish as we experienced with several people but she was like a scream queen basically like the fish head was jason Voorhees, mm-hmm. and that she was trying to run away from it just by touching it yeah okay um maybe she's the new jamie lee curtis Yes, Halloween continues in Malaga. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I really, you know, loved uh, Derek X. It seemed like that he was the one person on any of the teams who was really then uh, like consuming the fish after it was cooked. Like everybody else uh, seemed like that they were like ready to go. No, I, D- David had to eat it as well. I'm pretty sure to end the task. Oh, you, you had, had to, to eat it. Yeah, the, the judge ate one and then either one of you or I guess it should be both of you. But considering that in the two cases, as we've seen so far, the one of the other team members was either unable to eat fish or has quote unquote PTSD mm-hmm. about fish. Uh, it just ha- has led to one member of the team also eating a sardine alongside them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then uh, for Emily and Molly and Marcus and Michael, oh, we didn't see them ultimately completing uh, the task. Uh, but Emily and Molly, I-, I was just I was surprised that they were struggling with this because I feel like that. They are, you know, like uh, I, we know that they make hard boiled eggs. Well, hard boiled eggs and grilling fish kind of two different skill sets mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you I, but they're good the at everything. A, a, you don't stick the egg in a saber and put it next to you a could, fire. Maybe you could. Yeah, after I don't it's think you could. Yeah. <laughs> I, I kind of don't think you could. Um, mm. it, it seems to me that they just got in this groove of overthinking. They mm-hmm. were worried that they were going to get one little tiny detail wrong kind of missing that it doesn't take too long to do this wrong so you sh- this is one of those tasks you definitely do it the way you think it's supposed to be done and see if that gets you where you need to be mm-hmm. right because i think derek said what like three minutes total or three minutes on each side that really is not that long and good on them for also having the prevailing strategy right of uh oftentimes and this happens just going back to, to bake off too right like make more than you need because there's going to be some trashy mm-hmm. ones. And so you got to make sure that those aren't the ones you have to rely on to present to the judges. But it seemed like whether it was due to like Molly's sticklerlessness or what have you, that they did not have 18 presentable enough sardines. And I believe they are the only team so far to have failed the first check on the sardines. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sticklerishness. Is that a word? How many I, Scrabble I, points is that? I know. I was going to say that's just that wins you the game. If you ha- I don't think it's even more letters <laughs> than you have. <laughs> yeah they would have to be like multiple like I, somebody made stickler multiple turns. yeah uh, and then and then uh your like seven letters might be like uh maybe Eshness. yeah Eshness. maybe maybe you have the ish uh and then stickler ish and then uh somebody and then you <laughs> comes in with the n-e-s-s and adds to it yeah more like stickler fishness yes okay all right and then we don't know what's gonna happen uh with 
after this. Marcus and Michael, they're just getting warmed up. Uh, Marcus and Michael, do we think we're, they're going to be good at this, Jess? Um, I think there's no reason to suspect they're going to be bad at it. Yeah. Marcus doesn't cook a lot of fish, mostly red meat. Yeah, but that's you grill that. So mm-hmm. it's the same principle. Yeah. I used to be afraid of cooking fish, too, but it's the same as cooking meat. Mm-hmm. I, I'm intrigued, though, because, again, it seemed like paddle boarding was the more physical option. I definitely thought they're like, OK, let we can literally power through that. But I guess maybe they don't feel as experienced. I mean, nobody did in comparison to Lewis and Michelle, but like not nearly comfortable enough in their skills to get through that. And instead going for the more skill based task in cooking the fish. Mm-hmm. OK. All right. Anything else that we want to highlight here from uh, this week on The Amazing Race? Well, I thought this was an interesting thing. I don't know if we've seen this before, but as everybody drives off into the sunset in their convertibles. Yeah, I, I like that. There's no cameraman in the car with them. Is that is that something Come we've back. seen before? Yeah. So uh, I know that I think next episode, there's a shot of like maybe a sidecar with a cameraman in it filming them. We also have dash cams uh, mm-hmm. be utilized in recent It's like a damn van cam. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, I think they'd rather go for the two-seater then and just like uh, hope that the dash cam footage is able to capture and that nobody like speeds off and drives off into the Spanish sunset, leaving the race behind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they want that million dollars. They're not going too far. We'll see them again. Well, speak. I mean, speaking of that, Jess, I mean, let's let's get into it here because we have three weeks left. I think it makes sense that we do maybe some sort of like rudimentary power ranking or discussion of like, how's this thing going to end right now? Yeah, that's that's a good question. I would say right now, I feel like Aubrey and David are kind of out of it entirely. Mm-hmm. Like, I think we haven't seen enough of them. If we're reading the edit, there's not a satisfying story there. We got a little bit of them this episode more than usual, but not enough to make me feel like they're going to emerge as the winners. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. Similarly, I worry about Lewis and Michelle because mm. they are great. Like we've seen what kind of TV gold they are. If they're such TV gold, why weren't we seeing that in the beginning? Like mm-hmm. why were we why wasn't there why wasn't there more of them early on? Yeah. And yeah. I think we've got more of them. I like them. I think I'd be satisfied if they won. I'm just worried that we don't we don't know enough about them. Mm-hmm. Could it be something where I talked about this with Abby and Will that they sort of understood their edit because in Amazing Race, especially when there are a lot of teams left, you tend to focus on the teams that are doing really well because they're the ones that are first through the tasks and the teams that are not doing well because that's the exciting thing. And everyone else is kind of obfuscated. Maybe it's the fact that Lewis and Michelle placed 10th, 5th and 4th in the first few legs that just like they didn't focus on them. I think it's a it's a valid point but i also wonder if it's it's partially due to the fact that they were just kind of middle of the pack early on yeah i that could certainly be it but i think the show would still have gone out of their way to give us some of them just so that we had our eye on them and i i worry about that a little bit yeah i I buy that yeah i think the i think the rivalry between the two sibling pairs has been a constant through line throughout the show so i could see both of them in the finals and Derek and Claire are Derek and Claire. We've gotten a yeah. lot of them all along as well. And they've been heating and, up also. They had like yeah. a little bit of a dip like in the first half of the race. But now it seems like that they are really hitting their stride. And we've been seeing a lot of the things that they've been doing well. Yeah. 
Yeah, but it's a competitive race. Mm-hmm. I like that yeah. it's not just like the same teams winning every week. Mm-hmm. I think this, I think you could see a pretty satisfying final. Like Auburn and David could squeak into the final and be like the third place team that we've yeah. not seen all race. The, like the team the low, team low, low as it were. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, which is like the or like the Jeremy and Sandy to go back further to Amazing Race 19 as an example. But I agree. Again, with no offense to Aubrey and David, I think either one of the other four teams winning, I would feel happy about. I agree that it's also interesting that like the other four teams, right, I think have been the only other teams to finish in first place uh this entire season. So it's one of those seasons, right? Where like mm-hmm. the teams that have been doing well have made it to the end game. And while there is a fun underdog story in Aubrey and David. Uh, you know, I, I'm excited to see a lot of these teams, any of these teams basically make it to the final three at this point. I do wonder though, you talk about that sibling rivalry. Do we expect it to be either Emily and Molly or Marcus and Michael going home next? Or do we think that things will get mixed up enough in the second half of the mega leg to make it be one of the other three teams? I think things we have potential for things to get really mixed up. Mm-hmm. So I think we could be looking at We could be looking at anybody going home, I think. Yeah, I'm trying to remember back to uh, the first mega leg where I don't think we got too many hints. uh, And that was Rich and Dom who went home in the back half of the uh, mega leg. I I feel like that they were not shown to be having uh, too many struggles. Like it was really much more of a like Glenda and Lamumba. I think we're having more problems in the first half of the mega leg. And then Glenda and Lamumba passed them. I mean, they they had some problems, I think, navigating as well to put them enough in the back of the pack. But I think, as we mentioned in the very beginning, I think things are close enough and these teams are talented enough that if they run into any tasks or perhaps any other fears of their competition, again, it seems like we're getting more of that stuff now with, I believe it's both Aubrey and Claire facing a fear of heights next week, that this could be a chance to pass them up. So I, I hope that's not the case for both their sakes. But I also kind of like it as well that for a while, right, it was this competition between these two front runner teams of siblings. And if they have to face off against each other to, to stave elimination, I think that could be very fun, too. Yeah. OK, let's, um, I guess, leave it here and then we'll come back for the mega leg next week, Thanksgiving week. Uh, so we'll have our podcast on Wednesday. Uh, a team will be eliminated, but we will end up speaking to that team probably monday of the following week cyber monday mike yes exactly and so you can check out while you're uh checking out all the deals on amazon just hop on over to uh your local podcast or uh journalistic website Mm -hmm. uh, that covers reality tv and check out interviews there that will also be survivor interviews one more thing i want to plug because last week we're like amazing race seasons five and seven are on netflix this is glorious well, let the gloriousness continue as, at long last, for Amazing Race fans, all seasons of Amazing Race have officially been released on Paramount+. Plus. Yeah. It's, it's been a long time coming. For, uh, for years, Paramount+, Plus touted out that they had the entire Survivor catalog and the entire Big Brother catalog. Amazing Race, they really have not had a lot. What was the holdup? I, I have no clue. I was on Hulu for a little bit. It's on Amazon. It was on Amazon Prime. I think they still are just through uh, various seasons. But now, officially, for whatever reason, they have uh, lifted the embargo, let the waters flow, as all 33 finished seasons of The Amazing Race are available on Paramount+. Plus. So if you watch the two on Netflix that we recommended last time, 
and you're like, I want to check out more. Now you have so many more to watch at your leisure. So they traded the Star Trek movies for the entire run of Amazing Race. I think it's a fair trade. Yeah, that's fair. Like some of those Star Trek movies. Amazing Race catalog is worth a thousand Star Trek movies. (laughs) Fair. Mm -hmm. Depending on the movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, that's what's coming up here on The Amazing Race as we are starting to get to the home stretch. Last couple episodes of The Amazing Race. Speaking of the home stretch, Jess, do you have anything big coming up? Um, well, there's this one other show I cover. It's it's this kind of obscure thing that's on on cable um, and it's winding up uh, after an 11 season run. The Walking Dead is finally coming to a close this weekend and we're going to be meeting up shortly after it airs to talk about how the finale goes mm-hmm. and i think i i, I want to be wrong about how it's going to go mm-hmm. because i feel like it's mm-hmm. going to be underwhelming no just I, I have no doubt they're going to neatly tie up all, everything in one in one finale come on i mean we're at the point where the most satisfying thing would be rocks fall everyone dies mm-hmm. but i don't think we're getting that so oh. Yeah, but it's going to it's all happening on post show recaps and you can tune in to hear what we think about it on Monday after everything is over. Okay. Wow. All right. End Um, of an era. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's exciting stuff. All right. Uh, Well, great job once again, Jess. Mike, what's coming up for you? So usual reality TV stuff. Uh, we're going to be doing Survivor, the B&B this week. And we're going to be with Grace Leader talking about this very fun double boot episode and if you missed it last week liana and i sort of went solo but it led to a very fun very stupid podcast also doing exit press for that over at parade.com uh and then as rob mentioned uh not gonna be doing survivor exit press along with amazing race exit press until next monday the monday after thanksgiving for next week over on Posher recaps i'm on a bit of a yachtist from like uh habitual coverage josh and i are doing heroes after taking a bit of a break but other than that no new shows to cover, but I'm hopping on a couple of other podcasts to do some guest stints. Speaking of Vespas, I appeared on the feedback show for this week of The White Lotus with uh, Dr. Amanda and Ariel. Had a really fun time. Uh, I talked about how I might be liking season two of The White Lotus more than season one oh. at this point. Uh, it was a really fun episode and a very fun podcast to boot. And I'll also be donning a different piece of headgear besides my beret. I'm going to be talking about The Crown which recently yes. released season five. And we'll be talking about another episode three, another really good episode three with uh, Grace and with Shannon Gus as well. So yeah, I'm excited to sort of do some you stuff. You keep up and with The Crown a- too, Mike? Uh, I watched a bunch of it. I-, I am not a binger, so I watch it very slow drip. Uh, I'm pushing against what Netflix wants me to do. But yeah, I watched a bunch of it last year and i've watched the first few episodes really really enjoyed episode mm-hmm. three and so i'm excited to break it down with grace and shannon and of course rob i was on with you and akiva this yes. past week on renap got the uh the wheel or no wheel too yeah to host wheel or no wheel too which was a really good time got perhaps a record number of ideas on the wheel tbd we still need a fact checker on that yep. but always a great time with you and uncle kiwi and uh, we, had a, we had a good time yeah so yes exactly if you could believe it somehow i did not wear a stupid outfit Mm -hmm. just an appropriate one yes i mean it's not a podcast if mike bloom doesn't dress up for it (laughs) that's true all right uh and of course we've got everything coming up with survivor this week we mentioned the real love boat on nothing but netflix Chappelle and i checked out the brand new Lindsay lohan holiday film 
falling for Christmas. Uh, she is a woman who is an heiress who has a traumatic head injury, uh, then loses her identity uh, with a bad case of amnesia and has to go live at a less nice Christmas lodge. Uh, and so see what happens there on Falling for Christmas. All right. Thank you so much for joining us for our amazing race podcast. Take care, everybody. Have a good one. Bye. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.